This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Raising Rebels family. I want to just give you a quick heads up. There's a mention of sexual assault in this episode. We don't get into any details at all, but I wanted to give you a little trigger warning. Um, Again, thank you for listening and please remember to rate, subscribe, and most importantly, share this podcast. Um, I have so many questions I want to ask you about sex. Um, But one, the first one being, do you feel like a sexually liberated or free person? I feel like, oh my goodness, Mooney, we're having an interview. You have to wait. Um, I feel like... I feel like I am a sexually liberated person, um, but I also feel like there are ways where I feel shame around sex mm-hmm. just because of, like, the media. And so that's something I try to, like, process. Stand up fussing and fighting. Hi, I'm Nalika Radway, and this is Raising Red Bulls. <laughs> Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents doing our very, very, very best um, to raise free children. Today, I am joined by artist, mother, goddess, Vinny. Um, I don't want to butcher your last name. So please, um, say hi to the people. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Nolika, for inviting me. Um, so my name is Vinny Luchart. Um, Luchart. Luchart, yeah, it's I, hard. It's the uh, Dutch oh my, No, I'm <laughs> not, no, for real. I've been here for like two years and I can't, I can't. I, I went I to my kid's school yesterday and the teacher was like, oof. I was like, oof, youf. You, I was just like, I can't, I can't. I'm going to get it though, I'm going to get it, okay. It's okay, it's Welcome, okay. You Vinny. can just call me Venny, just call me Venny. Um, a lot of people also call me Coco, so that's also mm-hmm. fine. Coco, Venny, both are fine. Um, so I am, I just became, tw- I'm, I just turned 27. And oh, congrats. Um, Yay. Thank you. <laughs> well, hold on. Before you tell everybody all your business, before you tell everybody yes. all your business, we mm-hmm. like to start the podcast with like one word to describe how you're feeling right now. So what's one word to describe how you're feeling right now? I'm feeling, oh, that's a really good one. I'm actually feeling pretty, um, um, curious. I think that's the that's mm-hmm. the best word to describe how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. I'm very mm-hmm. curious as to what this conversation and this uh, space will bring. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, that's a good one. I am also curious about what <laughs> what this conversation is going to be. I'm like trying to bring my whole like self here and um, be vulnerable. But what I'm feeling right now is like. I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, like you're holding your breath yeah. and then you're like trying to release it, like trying to, what is it? Regulate? What is this? What is this? I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the word is, but it's the feeling that I have felt before of like trying to catch my breath. 
Like I was holding yeah. my breath and I'm like now trying to catch it. Um, yeah. Which I don't even, yeah, I don't know. what It's going to come to me <laughs> as we're talking. Yeah. So <laughs> today we are talking about um, embracing our sexuality and integrating all of who we are, our whole selves, um, as parents and sexual beings. And... Um, there's so many reasons why I want to have this conversation with you, um, particularly, but let's start by introducing yourself to the people. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I, I'm 27 years old. I have a four-year-old daughter. Um, she just turned four, so she just started school here. And... Um, well, there's a lot of things I do. There's a lot of things I am, a lot mm-hmm. of things I am embody, I guess. I'm non-binary, so I use uh, she, they uh, pronouns. Um, I prefer they, but because I know I'm a pretty feminine person, um, I don't mind people calling me she. Um, I am a dominatrix. Um, I'm an artist and my sexual being is one of the most important parts of my being. And I feel like that is what brings me um, to all the beautiful places that I've been brought to. Um, I love connecting sexuality, spirituality and sensuality. And I feel like a lot of this society that we live in is so focused on basically butchering what it is to be a sexual being, not being um, in touch with what it actually means and knowing what it entails. Um, so I'm really excited and I'm, I'm, I'm really um, passionate about teaching people how to be a sexual being and be in balance with both your masculine and feminine energy and to accept all parts of yourself. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's what I do. Yeah, that's who yes. I am. <laughs> yeah. Tell us tell us about tell us about your child. Oh, my child, she's she's amazing. She her name is Jafisa and um she is one of the most funny, bubbly, free-spirited, strong-willed children that I've ever met. Um, she's my little mini me, even though I don't want to, you know, project my own, um, life on her. I see Mm -hmm. so many similarities and it's funny and, um, very confronting at times to see how this little person is doing the things that you don't like about yourself or the things that you love about yourself. Um, she's very free in the way she's thinking. She loves to be naked. She loves to draw. She loves to be creative. I feel like she is a very sensual, uh, being as well. And with sensual, I don't mean like sexy, but I mean, she's very focused on the senses. So she likes to feel, she likes to taste, she likes to see, she likes to smell. It's all about using all her senses to, to be, And I think that's beautiful. And um, for me, I recognize that in myself and I always had that same kind of energy. And there was it it was taken advantage of Um, the way a lot of grownups see sensuality and sexual energy in a child is they want that to be sexual. Um, But it's not, of course, it's about being free and being creative um, being in touch with your emotions and with yourself. So I really hope to um, create this space where she can grow and develop into the beautiful being that she already is and learn more about herself without her being um, um, stopped and uh, um, yeah, maybe 
not seen for who she is within this society. So I'm trying my best to create the safe space for her. All I'm thinking in my head right now as you're talking is like, I'm so happy I decided to have this conversation with you. That's all, that's all I can think of. I was like, yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, and it's so interesting because the, the question I have about, I was going to ask you is like, how do you think you and um, your daughter are different? Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's a really good question. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think my daughter is a lot more... Um, she turns inward a lot more. I'm a very outwardly person. I love to share. I love to talk. I love to share my emotions and my feelings with other people. And she's a little more guarded about that. Um, even with me, I see that she holds things in. Um, and it's it's something that I hope that she'll develop into something that she can use and that will not hold her back. Um, but I see that. I think that's the, the, the biggest thing that, she's, that I see. Um, the way we handle our emotions. She likes to process it by herself. She likes to process it in her own little way. Um, if something happens, she wants to draw, she wants to be by herself, play, and she doesn't want to be interfered by me too much. But when I go through things, I'd rather talk to people and hear what their perspective is on things. Um, so that's 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 the biggest difference that I can think of right now. Yeah, That's huge. It's like such a... <laughs> fundamental like being in community this is like your partner in life and like just that you understand that is so powerful it's like oh. so Thank when you. i was yeah so when i was thinking about um well first of all this season of raising rebels i think a lot of it is i'm turning inward around like what's happening for me and what parts of myself i'm having to like reparent um, and thinking about myself as a rebel in relationship with my own children. And something that, you know, I um, am growing in is my sexuality and my sensuality and like owning it and um, embodying it in all aspects of my life. And it has been something that has been challenging in thinking about myself as a mother. Um, and I was just like thinking, well, we're and, and this idea of what I'm trying to do right now, my goal is to be like a fully integrated person. Like that I feel like is what I'm here to do. And so I really want to talk to, you know, talk yeah. about <laughs> the challenges of being this fully integrated person and thinking myself, thinking about myself as a sexual being. And so, you know, we like to start, um, one of the things we do in the podcast is a recollection. Um, and it's an opportunity to kind of see ourselves as children. And many times when we think about parenting, we think about ourselves as like adults versus like who we were, how we reacted things, what we were trying to do. And I felt like one of the things that is really challenging around being integrated is how often growing up, we as black people, oppressed people are asked to code switch. And by yeah. code switch, meaning like almost putting parts of yourself in a closet or a freezer for periods of time in order to like get on or get along, get on to get along or something like that. Like, like in order to like function in society, in the world, in order to like be accepted or in order to be safe and for so many reasons, um, and so I asked you to think back of a time where you have had to code switch. Um, and um, I would love to hear your story. Well, um, it's interesting for me because I feel like my 
my the majority of my childhood was about code switching. Um, I'm Surinamese. And my family is from the inlands of Suriname. So that's mostly like the the more rural and tribal areas. Uh, my tribe is called the Samaka people. And um, I grew up in a white town in Holland. Um, I, was, I was only 18 months old when we moved here, but all my family still lives there. And we're re- really connected to our culture and everything that belongs to that. Um, so growing up, in a white space as a black person, it was hard. And there was a lot of times that I felt like I couldn't be my complete self. Um, one of the things that I really remember is when we went, um, well, Holland is of course a country with a lot of water. So a lot of the schools, they offer uh, swimming lessons. So mm-hmm. you go with your class and you have swimming lessons. I think I was about, what would it be? I think it was maybe seven, eight years old, not too old. Um, and I was already growing my body. (laughs) Um, I had the biggest boobs. I had most, most curves. My -hmm. booty was already sitting. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember my mom telling me, Hey, maybe you shouldn't wear a two piece, but you should wear a one piece. Mm -hmm. And I felt so, I felt like I didn't understand. I didn't understand why. I didn't understand what that had to do with me because I was comfortable in a two piece. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show off my waist beads that I was wearing. I wanted to show off everything that I loved about my body because mm-hmm. in my family, we always appreciated our bodies for what it was. I still shower with my dad in the room. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Like we are mm-hmm. very open with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have my mom say that, that was really intense for me. Like, oh, so this is the way the world works. It was mm-hmm. like a, a wake up call kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always a rebel and always pretty um, stubborn. So I still wore my two piece. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what happened was that my classmates, they were asking me questions about my waist beats. Why do you wear them? And where do they come from? And do they never come off? And why are they still on? We should remove all our jewelry, right? And um, me being the little rebel that I am, I was trying to explain to everyone how important this was for me. And they didn't understand. Um, So that again, it it showed me, oh my goodness, this is the world. Mm -hmm. I was very um, much accepted within my com- community because I'm one of the the good ones, mm-hmm. um, quotation marks, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I, my, my, my Dutch is very um, proper. Mm-hmm. I am very social. I'm someone who can connect with a lot of different people and I'm very smart. So there was not really a reason for me to be an outcast, if you could put it that way. Um, I learned how to deal with uh, white people, white spaces and white privilege from a very young age, which meant that I had to coach which almost my entire life until Mm -hmm. up until I moved to Rotterdam when I was 18. Um, There's a lot more diversity there. And that's when I really learned how to embrace my blackness also in spaces that might not be for black people. Um, It was a real journey. And that one uh, memory really 
stood out to me mm-hmm. because I'm still wearing my waist beats and mm-hmm. I still teach people now on a much bigger scale and it's a, a lot more um, intentional. But the way that that made me feel, how the people didn't understand me and the people saw me in a different light that I might see myself, uh, more sexual, more grown than I, than I actually am. Um, that was hard. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Um, it's making me think about so many things. Thank you so much for sharing. I, um, it's interesting. I, I was at first challenged by it because it was like not a conscious thing, the code switching. And I know that it happened because of all of the things. Um, but I wasn't really conscious of it. So I really like try to pull back, like, no, like, now I can look back what was happening. And something that came to mind to me right, like kind of hit me right away was my relationship or how I behaved or acted around boys, males in high school. Um, and maybe even before high school in wanting to be friends with them or wanting them to think that I was cool. And this way in which like I grew up in a house with all, you know, all female identifying people, like all women, me, my mom, my sisters. And there was a way of getting around, like wanting to be accepted by the boys and not sexualize. And like the cool girl, like you can hang, you can sit at the table, you can be part of the conversation, you can like all of those ways meant squishing, you know, like silencing Parts of my femininity, parts of my concerns about the shit they were saying, parts of um, things that I felt would make me unacceptable or make them uncomfortable. And I think throughout my life, I continue, like, part of how my empathy works is like recognizing how people are feeling um, and wanting to reflect what they want to feel. And so that often means squishing what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and what I desire. Um, and I was like, yo, I think I still do that sometimes. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think there's still spaces and moments where to make, you know, males comfortable as I am squishing my femininity. Um, and yeah, I want to, I want to stop doing that. And it <laughs> makes me come to like our conversation today around sexuality. And um when I first was starting to think about this self this thing about you know as a as a parent as a mother being sexual I kept thinking about like milf energy. Mm-hmm. And how there are um this like what is a milf and like I always thought it was so interesting like people women who um could embrace this MILF energy because it's just like not not for me. And what I realized is like that's actually not true in that MILF energy mothers I'd like to fuck is about men, right? It's about mm-hmm. how you are perceived by other people. And what I am struggling with is not that. I don't give a fuck. Like, yes, I have no, I have no issue being a mother – Feel wearing sexual, like wearing clothes that feel sexual and make me feel sexy, recognizing that people find me attractive. I mean, when I was pregnant, people are always hollering. <laughs> like it is mm-hmm. like some some kind of some kind of beacon goes off to all all people. Everyone's like, yo, you you are fertile or you do like so that's not mm-hmm. an issue. It's more about 
how do I allow my sexuality to flourish and live and be part of who I am at all times, yeah. even as I'm mothering? Yeah. And so, <laughs> I I mean, you already so, so I guess my first question, so that's what I'm trying to grow in. Mm-hmm. And my first question to you is, I guess like how, I mean, I was good, like you said that you've always been, like you've always embraced your sexuality and sensuality. And I wonder, I guess my first question is like, how did being a, becoming a mother impact that? So... One of the first things that I realized when I became a mother, my pregnancy was how attractive it made me to other people. Um, Mm. I saw how the effect it had to see a woman carry life. And I saw what it did to men, but also to women. Mm -hmm. It was this attraction that is almost animalistic, um, very pure, very raw, uh, very primal. And uh, that made me think about what does sexuality mean as a mother? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we always think that women and especially mothers should be uh, proper and should be decent and should not be too sexual. But parents are the only people that have the proof of their sexuality walking around on this earth. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like, how could we divide and separate these two when they are literally intertwined? Us being a parent means that we are inherently sexual. So mm-hmm. that realization made it so much easier for me. In the end, we all crave connection. We mm-hmm. all crave to be wanted. We all crave to be to be desired and um Even with children, you see that same thing. Like, of course, you grow in your sexuality. It's also a developmental um, Mm -hmm. um, uh, part of life. But as a child, we all want to hug. My 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 daughter is a hugger. She her Mm -hmm. one of her love languages is is definitely physical touch. Mm -hmm. And um, you see that she just wants to cuddle. She wants to be held, and that's the same feelings that we have. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest lesson as a mother was to use my sexual energy not to please someone else but to please myself and when I shifted that perspective instead of outwards I shifted it to inwards that's what really made the difference for me because like I said we are sexual beings inherently as human beings, but as parents, you can see the proof. It's right there next to you, our hearts living outside of our bodies. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are sexual and yes, we may embrace that. And yes, we can show our children our sexual energy, not in the way of, of having sex in front of them, but sexual mm-hmm. energy in how you attract things and how you feel attractive and the confidence that it gives if you think you're sexy and you're feeling good about yourself. All those things are really important to show your children by living it yourself. A whole word. <laughs> I was, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like, keep telling, preaching to me, please, keep telling me, telling me all the things because you're. Yeah. It's so true, right? It's mm-hmm. so, and I think for me, that is what the shift has had to be. Yeah. Is in. Something, you know, from my children are, are like my biggest teachers and in being able to rec- recognize them as sexual beings. Right. And and everything you just said about your your daughter around being sensual, like touch 
and smell and taste, right? Um, and seeing them and recognizing that as sexuality, right? But not sex, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yeah. Was because it's my kids, right? And I and so I know that it allowed it to be part of me. It it allowed me, and that also that idea of using. I remember. Um, I may have told a story in the podcast before, but I remember when um, my oldest was, I don't know how old, maybe 12 or 13, um, being really frustrated and um, with a relative and purposefully moving through our house very sexually in order to make that relative uncomfortable like to push that button <laughs> you know like and knowing having like knowing that she had the protection of her parents who were going to let her be her full self um just like moving through it so when you know and i noticed it and it was so it was so interesting to me of like oh shit like you know you're a sexual being you know that your sexuality has power mm. and you are comfortable when it comes to it using it as a tool to navigate this world. I remember, I don't know if you remember this. We've talked we've talked about it before. But um that time where um your aunt came over and pissed you off and you're walking around in like not that much clothes and just like I feel being... like this happened a million times though. Oh, okay. okay. I remember one time in particular and Pop and I kind of like had a conversation with you around like your sexual energy and like using it and um, how do you feel about your sexual energy now and how you use it? What do you mean? Like do you use your sexual energy? To get what you want? Oh. To upset people? To bring them poor? Use my sexual energy. Um... I I think I use it to like do things I don't want to do sometimes, mm. which is interesting. Like when I'm biking to school, mm-hmm. um, I think I imagine using it a lot, mm-hmm. and I think I have used it once or twice to try to intimidate people oh, when I felt really. I don't know what I was feeling in those moments because mm-hmm. they don't come very often or mm-hmm. I can't like get past the shame and anxiety around it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's happened once or twice where I was like, back off. I was like, <laughs> I am not playing your stupid games today. Mm-hmm. I think one time, I think I told you this story where like my so I was in a class and I was partnered with some guy or whatever and he called me little girl and then after the project was over I walked over to him he was with his like whole group of friends I leaned over the table put my both hands on the desk looked him dead in the eyes and was like never call me little girl again and I had to repeat myself but then all the other boys were like oh my gosh and then I walked away and all the other girls were like wow you just did that and I was like yes I did it was crazy, but it was fun. Oh, wow. When you put that energy out there and you use it as power, unfortunately, and it should not be this way, um, there is a safety aspect to what can what happens. And I think, you know, 
part of why I think it's also hard for so many of us, and I think maybe me included, to fully embrace my sexuality and the role of parenting and mothering is because of the trauma that so many, the sexual trauma that is part of so many stories that you as a parent are constantly kind of on head on a swivel trying to make sure that your child is not like having that experience because you know how devastating it can be. And then the flip side of that is you're causing them, you're asking them to turn off parts of themselves. Yeah. And so um, how have you integrated it? Like how have you been able to, to recognize um, yourself, yourself as a sexual being, your child as a sensual being, um, and also hold the realities of the world that you live in. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, for me, first of all, at home, even though we were very free with our bodies, it was never sexual mm-hmm. and sex was not something we really talked about a lot. Like I said, our bodies were just our bodies. It was not something that we made it to be connected to sex in any way, shape or form. So I miss that part of integration within myself. That's mm-hmm. how I got into situations where I did get abused and raped and sexually molested. And um, there were a lot of times that Like I said, I felt like the world didn't understand what my sexual energy meant to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I really had to learn how to mask, how to code switch also with my sexuality. It's not just about the blackness. Mm -hmm. And that made it easier for me to use it in my advantage. So even though I was abused, even though I was molested and raped, um, I still I still found my power within my sexual energy. And Mm -hmm. I do recognize what you're saying. You feel so um, on edge about protecting your children for those similar harms. Mm -hmm. But then again, I had a conversation with my therapist about this. Mm -hmm. Um, She told me, um, shout of out course to you want to. Yes, shout out to, shout out to therapy, <laughs> everyone, yes. everyone. Yes. And yes. people always think therapy is only only for people who have severe mental issues, but mm-hmm. it's a tool to to understand yourself better and to mm-hmm. know how to deal with your own triggers. So I I mm-hmm. really encourage everyone to go into therapy. But my therapist, she said. Um, so, of course, you want to save your, ch- your children from trauma. Of course, you want to do that. But on the other hand, how sad it may be, however sad it may be, you became the beautiful person that you are today because of the trauma that you endured. You found your strength in, within the pain. You took away the lessons and you grew from that. Even mm-hmm. though no one deserves to be traumatized, no one deserves to go to th- through hardships, life mm-hmm. is full of hardships. So mm-hmm. what I see that you're doing so well is teaching your child how to deal with that. So how Mm -hmm. to process that and how to regulate herself. And that's the only thing we can do. So I've learned and I'm learning still to let go of the expectations of the world and to Mm -hmm. focus on the expectations that I have for me and my family. So Mm -hmm. what do I do to give my child the tools so she can move around in this world freely? And the most important thing 
thing about that for me is boundaries. That mm. is my biggest thing in this whole life is knowing your boundaries because people will always try to cross them and it's up to you to enforce them. So I'm teaching my child um, already that she can say no to anything. I'm mm-hmm. teaching her that her body is hers, that her vagina is hers, that her mm-hmm. puni, as we call it, is hers mm-hmm. and only for hers to touch. That I can touch it if I'm cleaning her or if mm-hmm. I'm taking care of her, but that's all. And if she ever feels uncomfortable, she has to say no and has to tell me that that's not what she wants. And that's mm-hmm. what I see also in her, um, the way she's dealing with people. So she can want to hug, but if I tell her no, she's like, oh, she feels sad, but she knows that it's my body and my, mm-hmm. my boundaries that I'm enforcing in that moment. Because mm-hmm. sometimes as parents, we are outtouched, touched mm-hmm. out. We are too, it's too much to deal with these little hands that ca- keep on wanting to connect with us mm-hmm. because we're also our in- individual beings and individual persons. Um, so like I said, for me, the most important part about teaching my child how to deal with her sexual and sensual energy is to know her boundaries because that's mm-hmm. where I was lacking. I never knew how to say no. I didn't know how to um, decide who was good for me and who was, who, was, who was not good for me. And those are the tools that I really want to give to her. Yeah. You just said so many things that are like making <laughs> that idea that the real work around helping to prepare our children for the world that they're meeting is Mm -hmm. about, not about telling them to squish their sexuality, but to tell them to be clear around their boundaries and to be able to recognize when anyone, including me as your parent, are stepping over your boundaries and being able to speak to it. And so I'm curious for you, I mean, your daughter is four now, right? Yeah, Um, true. How, if it has come up already, or ways in which you've had to accommodate, may, might be the right word, or like shift in some way to be in community with her um, around how you are a sexual being or how you move. Um, so like I already said, the, the way in, we, in which we differ is the way we um, deal with our emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's where she enforces most of her boundaries. I think in our sexual beingness, we're pretty similar. We love to mm-hmm. dance. We love to sing. We love to move our bodies. We love to be in touch and in co- contact with each other. Massages, mm-hmm. just cuddling, tickling. It's always about touch. Mm-hmm. Um But the ways that she's taught me to let her be when she needs her time, that is one of the most, I think, valuable things that I've learned from her. Mm -hmm. Um, She really tells me, mom, I don't want to talk right now. And I'm like, okay, baby girl, that's okay. That's all right. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you want to talk, I'm still here and I'm listening. And she's good. Mm -hmm. But I really had to, had to, had to, um, teach her as well to uh, vocalize that to me because mm-hmm. I would talk to her and she would ignore me and that would make me mad mm. because <laughs> who are you to ignore yes. your mother? Yes. What are yes. you doing? Yes. Are mm-hmm. you crazy? Mm-hmm. That's of course also the way we're all, we, we were raised. Yeah. But then after, after, after this happened a couple of times, I asked her to, Faiz, 
I don't mind if you don't want to talk. I don't mind it at all because sometimes you need your space. I get that. But could mm-hmm. you please tell me, mom, I don't want to talk right now. So I'm aware of where your headspace is at. Mm-hmm. And three, three years old already, she started this. Three years old, she started to tell me, mom, I don't want to talk right now. Or mom, I want to be alone right now. Mom, you cannot come into my room right now. I'm playing by myself. And... um It's really freeing to see that your child dares to enforce those boundaries. I always felt forced to share, to be, and that's probably the way I'm still, I still am. I felt forced. First of all, I've enjoyed talking to you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything else that you want us to know about being a sexual being and being a mother? I think, um, as is everything, this is a layered subject. Of course, there's a difference between the way you're relating to your children within your sexuality and the way you're relating to yourself within your sexuality and the way you're relating to others within your sexuality. And I feel like if you really see those three things for three different things and also treat them that way, that will make you as a sexual being so much more fulfilled. Um, so mm-hmm. indeed like realizing that your children are sexual beings, but they express their sexuality and their sensuality in a different way than we as uh, parents do. And also taking mm-hmm. the time to get to know yourself sexually without any influence of every, anyone else, even your partner, who are you? What do you like? I have sex with myself. I'm not saying I get off. I'm having sex with myself. I seduce myself in the mirror. I put on my incense. Mm-hmm. I light some candles. I have some nice chocolates or some nice sweets next to me. Um, some music. Mm-hmm. I dim the lights and I enjoy my own body. I feel mm-hmm. um, every inch I feel everything that feels nice, everything that doesn't feel nice. And I explore um, knowing who you are makes you relate to others in such such a deep, intense, uh, um, 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 intentional way. And that is what I hope that everyone will experience in their lifetime. Um, Sexual Mm -hmm. energy is the same as creative energy. And we need to create a space in which we can be sexual freely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And I, I, something that you're just like make reminding me of is like, because when I first entered into this conversation, when I was like thinking about it, I was thinking about it from a place of like where the tensions lie, you know, where mm-hmm. the tensions lie between myself as a sexual being and my sexuality and what I'm discovering it. And, uh, mothering and real and parenting and really there's not a lot of tension there the tension is really in the world the tension is really in like what the world's perception is of what it looks like to be a parent what it looks like to be a mother um when and where sex should happen how who you can be sexual with how you can be sexual with those people it has but in our in our home in our collective in our tribe we're real clear. And 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 the reason why we get to be real clear is just that we are willing to be our whole selves. We can be mm-hmm. fully integrated here. We can have all the conversations. We can talk about all of the things. And so, like, I never had to introduce myself as a sexual being to my children 
because I've always been a sexual being to them. You know, like exactly. they've always been yeah. like, mom, what's that purple egg thing on your bed? <laughs> That's my vibrator. I use it yeah. to play. You know, it's true. You know, and and, yeah. then, and if you are, and there's this way for so long, I would like, like I could talk about those things from a very, um, I don't know, removed place. Like this yeah, is what detached. this is, you know, yeah. versus, yeah, detached. But really getting to a space where it's like integrated. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is, not only is that a vibrator, that's my vibrator. I mm-hmm. use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you yeah, might use it in the like future. That. <laughs> yeah. That, having those conversations and doing it and, and, and actually following through with like what you believe theoretically and making it actually part of how you're practicing parenting, that to me is the integration part. You know, yeah. like you'll hear parents who... Are, you know, you'll see people who are very sexual in how they present and how they live in the world, but how they engage with their children around it is like taboo or very hands off yeah. or like, or not, and literally not having the conversation. Like mm-hmm. I do this, mommy does this and um, we're not talking about it or mm-hmm. I don't know how to talk to you about it. in the morning, in the evening, I really appreciate how you see yourself, I mean, as a fully, a full person and yeah. that you are in community with um, your person. Do you have any questions for me? Um, oh, that's, that's, that's nice. Um, I, I am, um, mostly thinking about because my daughter is very young of course Mm -hmm. so things like what you said buying a vibrator for their 13th birthday that's a beautiful I think that's a beautiful way to integrate sexuality within your um the way you raise your children Mm -hmm. um I'd have I hadn't really thought about that but I think that would have saved me from a lot of abusive situations just because I knew what it was like to pleasure myself Mm-hmm. And I knew that it wasn't uh, bound to someone else. It was my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a beautiful takeaway for me as well to realize, hey, that's something I can use. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what was for you, what was the hardest part about um, sexual, uh, uh, the sexual part of raising children uh, with the older children? What was the hardest part for you? I think what is, I really walk around, I really don't want to traumatize them. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, like I really don't. And there's a way, like my partner, um, from when the kids were like newborns, right? But for my first was newborn, he'd be like, yo, let's like, you know, Eskimos have sex with their babies right next to them. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we have these kids. And I would be like, what are you? T- I was like, just like, no, we can't like that. What are you talking about? That's like crazy talk. Um, and there's a way of like what was happening for me is I was like literally shutting off that part of myself hmm. in being in space with my children and recognizing I'm, but I also was someone who was like, oh, I always want to be in community in space with my children. So what am I going to do? And I don't find. I didn't find, I let me change my language because I'm growing too. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't find mm-hmm. nurturing sexy. I didn't find any aspect of what I did as a mother sexy. Like when 
my partner or any person would like be aroused when I was like full on mothering, whether it's like nursing or making sandwiches or just talking to my kid or whatever in the world, Mm -hmm. I would be like confused. So when someone would give me that, like send that energy towards me of attraction, of desire while I'm here, you know, in the trenches, you know, in the (laughs) trenches. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd be like, yo, we in the trenches right now. That's that's like, I got to get. And it it was kind of like, you know, it's the ways in which I think white supremacy infiltrates everything. It's Mm. this idea of delayed gratification, delayed fat satisfaction. And so for me, it was always like, let me get through with this work Mm -hmm. and then I will get to my pleasure. And so I think where I am now is like, no, I actually need to be led by my pleasures and my desires all the time in order to live the life that I want to live, in order to be the person that I want to be for my children and for my community and for my people. And so, you know, I had to do like, and this is like a recent, like I've just got to this um, TMI, Um, you know, I'm (laughs) sitting in a you know, our kids are upstairs, we're in the living room and it's like a communal space, but it has a door or whatever. And I really want, I'm turned on, like I want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, and I had to go through this whole thing. Like what happens if the kids come downstairs and see us on the couch right now having sex? Mm-hmm. And my partner's like, yeah, what happens? And I was like, yeah, what happens? And I was like, well, nothing happens. You know, they know we have sex. You know, this is not, they've been telling, you know, they used to, like, my, my mother would call the house and she told me, she's like, you know, I called the house and you, I asked for you and Blue was like, you know, mom and dad are having sex. And I was like, what? And that's from when they were like five, you know? And so I was like, I literally had to, it's like I had never actually allowed myself to think it through. I was so scared. And mm-hmm. so once I thought it through, we had sex. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no yeah, one came yeah. downstairs, so we didn't have mm-hmm. to like engage with it. But it was this thought of around like, that's not like that's okay. Like actually, yeah. that's okay. I know lots of people who've seen their parents having sex, and they're and they're good. That, they're good. <laughs> like that's actually like a real thing that happens, yeah. and mm-hmm. it has freed me. So I would say like the hardest part is like getting rid of like releasing all of the oppression that yeah. impacts how I feel like I can be a sexual person that then keeps me from them, right? Because then what ends up happening as my, as I've been turned on, then there, there builds this resentment around mm-hmm. like, well, if the kids weren't home, we'd be having a different kind of yeah. play right now. You know, if the kids were, if I didn't have to parent in this way, then we, and it's kind of like, it's not their fault. And actually it's not necessary. I'm choosing those boundaries. And why? Because- yeah. I don't want to traumatize them. I'm not going to traumatize them because as you just schooled me, it's about boundaries, right? <laughs> yes, just teaching them about, about boundaries. boundaries. And that is the way um, to hold and be in community with them. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed Thank this you. so much. Um, me too. This um, is amazing. Was, yay, yay, yay. Stand up fussing and fighting. Raising Rebels is produced by Queer Media, a family production company specializing in audio and visual art through a black queer lens. This was edited by Marcelino Van Callias at La Femme Productions. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Raising Rebels Pod or email us at Raising Rebels 
at queermedia.co.y. Thank you for listening to Raising Rebels. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 